Okay, real quick, babes and trolls, before we hashtag it into it, um, my wonderful and very fastidious producer, Corey, would like you all to know that this episode was recorded while I was traveling in Nashville, and therefore we had to improvise just a tiny bit. You may hear like a hint of a speakerphone. Okay, listen, you gonna be fine. Everything is still audible, and this does not reflect the future quality of future episodes. Number two, my very wonderful and fastidious producer, Corey, cough, cough, a one, ever the drama queen, would like you all to know that this minor oversight on his part makes him wish that he could be dragged behind a moving vehicle into oncoming traffic. Just thought y'all should know what I'm dealing with here. Okay, that's all. Let's get into it. Love ya. Hello, babes and trolls, kids and queers. Welcome to... Millenniagram, the Enneagram podcast your pastor definitely won't be recommending. Together we are here to learn a little self-deprecation, a little integration, and together dig ourselves out of our goddamn ditches. Let's get into it. Folks, welcome back to Millenniagram. I'm Hannah Posh, aka Garbage Oprah. And as my wonderful co-host today, I have Hannah Evans here. What's up, Hannah? Hello. Good to be back. Yeah. Good to have (laughs) you. I'm so glad that you are willing to go on this Enneagram journey with me, mostly because it's it's you and me up in the Millenniagram hashtag, like just dropping dropping the truth bombs. I Um, now proudly refer to myself as the Millenniagram substitute teacher. Yes, because it's totally what you are. And I'm like, the sub is better (laughs) than the, the original, guys. Just let, let this Hannah take over. Um, but we're going to start with our first segment, which is This Week in Millenniagram. And what's the hot goss around the Enneagram, Hannah? Tell us what's up. Oh, my gosh. The hot goss? Yeah. Uh, Drop it. All right. So this week I started – I've been reading um, the Path Between Us by <laughs> Suzanne Stabile. I think it came out on Tuesday. Of this past week, Monday, way to Tuesday. already have a copy. Nice. I know. I was I was really on top of it. I was like, I'm gonna get my copy as fast as humanly possible. Um. So yeah. So I got it in like the same day. Just sat down, started reading, and Hell annoyed yeah. the crap out of Logan, um, <laughs> <laughs> my husband. I just read every single chapter out loud, basically, because I wanted to like pull quotes, but I like I wanted to like all of them were pull quotes. <laughs> So oh then God. I was just reading the entire chapter to him and he was just like sitting there. <laughs> Hannah, drop a poll quote. Like what what is like a thought that has stood out to you so far? Oh my gosh. Um so I've listened to her podcast because she also has a podcast um that I can't remember the name of now, but I think it might actually be called The Path Between Us. I'm not sure. Is it the but Enneagram you, Journey? Oh yes, the yes. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. Yes. Um, and so she so a lot of what she was saying in the book is similar to what she's saying on the podcast. Right. Um, but a big one, since we're talking about nines today. Oh um, yeah. A big a big one for nines that she was talking about was um making space for nines to assert themselves in relationship and all about like good hospitality. And that's something that I think about a lot, partnered with a nine as huh. a one. That, like, I 
can sometimes be um, a little bit larger than life, in my opinions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and so and learning... nines will just kind of like float with that, like they'll just yeah, they'll kind of just go swoop, like and let you take up. Yeah, so like, so if you're in a room and the room is flooding with water, I'm the water and he's the oxygen. So like, the more water goes into the room, like the the less air there is, and it just oh. sort of like allows the water to like fill up. Wow. And that's I think that's uh, damn. I have Good. to be intentional about the amount of like space and opinion, and like I have to be very considerate of like him and how he wants and I also think he's grown so much and he asserts himself now quite a bit and he has a very strong one wing so we also like will argue with each other and it's great so so while we're on the topic though um this is a little bit of a sidetrack but I think that's such a cool point what does like how do you notify a nine that you are creating space for them like how is that like, how has that looked for you in partnership with one? Um, I, I'm i very direct. So I just tell him, like, hey, I'm making room for you here. <laughs> Work with me. <laughs> Bless it, Lord. I love it. Um, so, and usually, so I come from a family. My mom is a nine. My brother is a nine. My dad is a one. And I'm a one. So there's a lot of nine and a lot of one in my family. Wow. And my dad and I are, I know that most ones are kind of famous for this like undercurrent of resentment and that <laughs> still exists, but we're very like explosive with our anger a lot of the time, like with oh. each other. Like we we will like yell at each other and like be pretty like out and, ab- out and about about it. Okay. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so. And are the nine is, not as much? I mean, they've got it. They've got the anger. It's sitting there. Yeah, not my not my mom. She is not like that at all. And my brother has an eight wing instead of a one wing. He's the only one in our family Ooh, who does. Nice. And so he's a little bit more. It's a lot less subtle. <laughs> yes, I've it's noticed a little bit more there. <laughs> I've noticed with nines with eight wings, it's almost like they're not directly challenging you but they want you to know that they're not down. And so, yeah. like, he's he's a little bit more, like, explicitly dismissive of things. Like, like if we're having a, a conflict, yes. if we're having a conflict, he goes, no, your argument's ridiculous. And it's just like, <laughs> that's the end of it. <laughs> so, um, whereas Logan's not like that at all, his, his family is not like that. It's all very, very, like... No one yells at each other. There's no loud voices. And so mm. we really had to learn both, like, for me to sort of lower my volume and, like, and just lower, like, all of it a little bit for him to <laughs> Take be able to, Take it down like, just yeah. a hair. couple notches. Yeah, to, to be able to engage. And then on the other hand, me being, like, I feel like if you're not fighting me, then I feel like I'm going to steamroll you. And I'm so afraid of doing that, mm. that I need you to set, send me some signals. I need you to push back so that yes. I can feel secure, too, that our relationship is mutual. Interesting. So, I, so there's and it's, a little bit of both. I it's think. so easy to steamroll a nine without knowing that you're doing it. You know? Yes, Absolutely. Um, okay. But there's more on that. And I can't wait to talk to our guest about it. Um <laughs> The other thing that happened this week, ruining my life, sleeping at last with the Enneagram songs. 
on yes. his atlas. Oh my. Ugh. I've already wept over all of the first three songs and I can always find a yes. reason that it relates to me. I'm like, well, I integrate to one and then I also disintegrate to two <laughs> and then I have a three wing. So like, it's great. That's true. It's true though that I like, I relate to all of them so far and the other ones yeah. I will relate to because I know and love people that are those numbers. So, um, have you listened to them yet? Because, oh my Oh my God. Yes. They absolutely. run my life. Actually, my mom texted me like yesterday and was like, have you listened to the, have you heard of the Enneagram songs by Sleeping At Last? I walked down the aisle to a Sleeping At Last song. So I was like offended that she, <laughs> that she assumed I hadn't already listened to all of them in great detail. The one that actually gets to me is the three song. Oh um, man. And God, I think it's, it's good. because uh, we talked a little bit about this in the last episode, but being a social one, a lot of what I a lot of my behavior can be a little bit on the performative role model side of goodness. Okay, sure. And so, um, and so I was always like, I, like the role model was like what I was supposed to be for everyone all the time. Right. And that was sort of like my parents took pride in that. I was, mm. I was interviewed by our church in front of like several hundred people about when I was 14 and like. So it was just like this wow. big thing for me. And so I listened to the three song and was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, it's so good. So, yeah. I've, they're all they're all so good. They're all really good. I, I'm amazed. At, well, I'll just say I love sleeping at last because when I was a, I was a 13 year old girl, I don't know, 12 to 15, somewhere in there. Um, I went to a Switchfoot concert at a state <laughs> fair and sleeping at last opened when it really? was like back when they were like trying to do the whole like post rock band thing <laughs> um, and sleeping at last opened and I was so excited I had like listened to all of their songs which they didn't have many out at that point um and I somehow got Ryan O'Neill's personal email address and started sending him oh my gosh letters <laughs> Like, like talking about his songs, Amazing. talking about songwriting, talking about creativity. And he wrote me back every single time. He oh doesn't know gosh. me from Adam. I'm a, I'm a tiny little fucking teenager. And it was really sweet and precious. And, and I told him on Twitter a few weeks ago about that. And he was like, I hope that I responded and was kind. And I was like, you absolutely did. And I thought I was hot <laughs> shit after that because sleeping at last wrote me letters. <laughs> so that was best. But anyway, <laughs> so fun. Um, I actually saw him perform at a book release party. Oh, um, I think it was like summer 2016. And he performed the song that I was, I would later end up walking down the aisle to. And I, when I heard the song for the very first time was when he played it live. And I had this like, oh my God, come, I had this like come to Jesus moment where I was like, Oh my gosh, this is the song I'm going to walk down the aisle to. And Whoa. that was that. <laughs> that's that's It was beautiful. it was a it was a non yeah. It was <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that's so cool. Um <laughs> let's do our dear garbage Oprah submission for this episode. It comes from a friend on Twitter named Holly and I'm going to read it out loud here and then we can discuss um, nine wing one here. My issue is I struggle with always wanting to keep the peace to avoid conflicts, especially with my family. Often that's led to making other people happy and stressing out slash having panic attacks if someone's upset. 
Obviously, peace is more than the absence of conflict, but how can a nine resolve this and not be stressed the hell out all the time? Oh, bless. Blessings, Holly. That's real shit. Um, Hannah, what do you think about that as a one-wing nine married to a nine-wing one? (laughs) Yeah, well, um, conflict is by nature an aspect of relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I used to really struggle, (laughs) I used to struggle a lot more with conflict than I do now. And, um, and having such a hard time with rocking the boat and things like that. And, um, one of the things that I think about a lot now is that conflict is a sign of health, not unhealth. Okay. Yeah. And, and that, um, if I don't tell people how I feel and don't say, don't ask for what I want, then it's not a two-way relationship. I'm yeah. not I'm not actually in relationship with that person at all. I can't really call them my friend. Right. So I think like redefining like what is relationship to begin with. And I actually relate a lot with this because the place where I started addressing conflict first was in my family before I went to like friendships. And that's hard, um, especially if your family is surrounded with nines and they all feel invested in keeping the peace. Mm. Um and so everyone's I, trying to not have the argument that needs to happen. Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and so um, knowing that, like, you can't, like, you're not really in a relationship with people until they really know you and, like, know who you are. And, like, so, so holding parts of yourself back in, mm. in order to sort of maintain this, like, stability isn't actually relationships. So I think redefining for myself like what what that is I guess what is relationship really um and redefining what a good relationship looks like Hmm. um was really important to me and obviously a lot of that happened in therapy and I my when I was 16 my very first therapist was an eight (laughs) which is funny that we were talking about that last episode right but she but she was always like you're right you need to assert yourself like say what needs to be said. And I think, um, yeah, I I think that that's, it's important. So, um, and it seems like with nines, there's so much stress around not confronting conflict that you're not actually saving yourself any stress, you know, you're not actually saving yourself any emotional, um, duress at all. Um, so, I mean, there's going to be emotional duress either way, right? So you might as well say what you need and express that. um, Yes. And just realize, I think that there is a fear, and I have the, I 100% have this too. There's a fear, um, there's a fear of what's on the other side of conflict, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, It's the unknown. There's this sense of like, well, currently I understand the situation, even if I don't like it. I know it. It's right. it's it's comfortable, or even if it's not, it's like this is what I know. Um, right. And so there has to be there has to be a sense there has to be a moment when you decide that like speaking your truth is um, more important than feeling comfortable, right? Yes. So absolutely. Um, but I know it's hard. I do not have that figured out at all, and I'm. I'm still in the process yeah. of it. But it seems particularly difficult for nines. My last boyfriend was a nine, and, and, and the, I 
just getting to getting to um, the heart of what was bothering him was difficult because <laughs> he didn't want to admit that he was bothered. You know, he just yes. wanted to pretend like everything was good. So, and then finally, you know, a thing would come out. But um, right. Anyway, we don't things. have to talk about my relationship history here. But. There are two things that I know and believe to be true that motivate me to address conflict. Okay. One, that um, you can never be truly happy if you don't allow yourself to be truly sad. Oh. Okay. And two, that conflict and addressing conflict is a muscle that gets better and easier with exercise. Okay. I like this. Yes. So if I so mean, think, I hate it. But (laughs) I have a close friend who's a nine that we had a baby conflict. It was barely a conflict earlier this week. (laughs) And one of the things that I told her is I was like, this is good. You're working out. You're emotionally working out right now. You're going to get emotionally buff from this. (laughs) And like, like you're going to get those muscles and it's going to get easier and you're going to get stronger and it won't always be this hard and scary like it feels right now. All I ever want in life is to be emotionally buff. How can that happen? <laughs> How can we make that a thing? That's beautiful. And I think a lot of nines think that they can be happy without ever having to feel sad or angry. Mm. And that's just not true. You only yes. get the middle Fuck. if you don't accept the extremes. Yes. Dang. So good. Hannah, you just take over. You got this. <laughs> um, I love this so much. Let's introduce I spent a lot of my life lecturing nines, so. <laughs> <laughs> Criticism, but make it therapy. Exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so let's introduce our guest, who I'm so excited to talk to. Yes. Um, I just, you know, I had to ask her on my podcast so that she would, you know, hang out with me because <laughs> that's what I had to do. Um, it's fine. Um I would love to introduce Anna Skates. Anna Skates is a former children's pastor and the co-founder of Imaginarium Community here in Nashville, which is a freaking amazing place, thing, gathering that I will let her tell us about. Um, but welcome, Anna. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for being here today. Of course. And for the record, you did not have to ask me to be on your <laughs> podcast for me to want to hang out with you. I just, you know, I just had to had to work it. Um, so, hello, Anna. How are you? I am doing well. Can you give us a little intro slash background on who you are and what you love? Oh, boy. That seems so broad. Um, <laughs> how do I decide what to say about myself? Um, so, I... Um, was a former children's pastor, as you said. So I love working with kids. Kids are my people. And that's, um, that is one of the things in my life, one of the few things in my life that I don't have to work to get energy to do. Like working with kids, I'm just like in my zone and it's great. Yeah. Um, so I love working with kids, which is what I primarily do, um, with Imaginarium, which is a, um, non-religious kind of humanist, community that I co-founded here in Nashville with um, my friend Melissa, who also used to pastor with me at a church. (laughs) And um, (laughs) so we kind of both like left that institution saying, gosh, there's so many people like us who don't necessarily want to remain in a church or strictly religious setting, but who in walking away from that are walking away from community. Like they, they leave that and then realize that they have no community. So 
we wanted to sort of create that kind of a space in Nashville. And so that's what we're doing. And I, I mean, I'm a kid person. And so I'm just basically doing a bunch of character education with some kids and it's awesome. Um, (laughs) We've got some great plans to make the world a better place and I'm super excited. I love the way that you engage with kids on a level where it it, it's age appropriate, but it doesn't feel like you're talking down to them or oh, like yeah. treating them like mm-hmm. they're lesser. In yeah. Any way. Well, my whole thing is that kids are full people. Like yes. they're not, not yet people because they can't drive or they can't vote. <laughs> like they're very much still, they are full people right where they are, wherever they are developmentally. Like they are their fullest self right in that moment. And so right. I just try to meet them there mm-hmm. and respect them in that space. And, um, it's hard. I mean, it's not necessarily easy to do, but it's, I, I don't know. I love kids and it's easy in my head to just respect them and see them as people. And there's a kid walking by right now as we're recording. She's checking us out. <laughs> um, tell me about your Enneagram number and um, your, your qualms with it and also the pros to mm-hmm. being it. Mm-hmm. It is a nine. I'm a nine. Um, Hell yeah. I think I've, for most of my life, been a nine with a one wing. And I think in recent years, I have started to lean more into my eight wing, um, partly out of necessity, like for survival in some cases, Um, which we can get to later. But um, I found out I was a nine. So I started learning about the Enneagram in college like 10 years ago and was fascinated by it. So I've known for a while what I was, who I was. Um, I, I love being a nine in the sense that I think nines are, mm, this is going to sound weird, but (laughs) I think nines are like pretty generally lovable people because we, we do our best to like make, so like, I like being loved and lovable. (laughs) So that's, I was like, this sounds really self-centered. I shouldn't say it. No, my brother is a nine in our whole lives. Everybody liked him more than me. And I was like, fuck you. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Everyone likes him more than me. I'm so sorry. I'm so so great. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I love that about who I am. And I love, um, I love my ability to um, sort of create a very welcoming kind of um, feeling or sense of welcome mm. for people. Um, but I also, like, I really hate that it's very difficult for me to make up my mind about what I think or what I want to say or what mm. I'm going to do. Or I mean, I feel like I'm in constant, like, chaos sometimes because Mm -hmm. I just can't decide for myself what it is that I'm going to do for myself. And it's, um, it's kind of silly sometimes. Um, and, and there's also definitely this, um, sort of, because I'm constantly looking to keep the peace in a situation and looking to keep things as like chill as possible, Um, that often means that I'm not being fully like honest or present in a moment because I'm so busy, like trying to dampen whatever like tension or stress there might be in a situation instead of just engaging with it and being present. So there's like, there's some level of like, you're not listening to your own voice. Right. And half the time I don't even know what my own voice is. Like, I don't even know what I would. I don't know. So it's a whole, it's a whole thing guys. But I, in general, I love being a nine. 
Um, and it usually surprises people that I'm a nine because I'm sort of an, I'm an extroverted introvert. Mm. So while I'm very much a nine that I get my energy from being alone and just chilling at my house, <laughs> um, I can totally hang with a right. group and be completely fine and outgoing and all the things. So people usually think that nines are, are quiet and meek and introverted mm-hmm. and, you know, hermits. Lol. Wall, no. So. <laughs> um, I love nines. I think I think the energy that a nine brings to any space is just um, like stabilizing. Really, like mm-hmm. like you can feel it viscerally. Like in in whenever, and that that's one of my favorite things about mm-hmm. nines is that I feel. I mean, my so as a four. Um, my emotional landscape mm-hmm. is always very varied. <laughs> I think it's hilarious that you use the word emotional landscape. I've literally never thought of that. I There's say that all the time. That. Is that not a thing? That oh, it's definitely say? a thing. Okay, thank you. <laughs> if it's not, it is now. It is now. Hashtag emotional landscape. <laughs> and I'm just always going on this journey down my emotional landscape and you never know what's going to be around the corner. And what I love with nines is that I know what's going to be around the corner with a nine. Like I know, um, and that was one of my favorite things about dating a nine is I all, I knew what he was going to want to do yep. because he liked those few things. The same things. Mm-hmm. And, and it was so, and I'm always like, I need to try new things and have new experiences and adventures. And it's so like bracing to be like, no, you know what? Rhythm yeah. and ritual yeah. and like routine are are healthy. They was, feel good. I was gonna say you said emotional landscape. <laughs> I feel like my emotional landscape is like <laughs> the lazy river at a water park. I am on a float and that everything is, is calm and I'm just going around in circles and it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> not going That's anywhere so in particular nope, nope. but having a nice time just split <laughs> so relaxed that's so funny because when you said emotional landscape the first thing I pictured was a desert oh <laughs> oh oh geez that might say something about you Hannah mm. oh I'm sure it does mine Something is more like a forest mm-hmm. it's like a tropical jungle mm. yeah oh. you are hawaii yeah. you have all the things Good. in one oh so the exotic <laughs> um i will accept that mm-hmm. thank you um what was i going to ask you oh well that would be diving right in wouldn't it um let me ask you this first tell me about like the gatherings that you've been having at your house mm-hmm. that really seem to like sum up everything that's good about nines. Um, I don't know how to pronounce the word. Oh, Huga. Huga. But it's spelled H-Y-G-G-E. What, so it's a Danish. Danish. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. I've heard of this. You know about this. Yeah. So the whole idea, it was, I think it originated um, – in winter seasons, and the whole idea was to get people out of isolation. So, yes, you're going to hibernate because it's winter and it's cold outside and nobody wants to get in that shit. But instead of being isolated and alone, let's all gather in one space and make it super cozy and low stress and all. Like, it is a nine's dream. Yeah. Kind of day. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and so, literally, the whole idea is that you set up your house, which is my favorite place on the planet, my house. <laughs> Um, real shit. <laughs> real shit. And, um, the, I, the whole idea is that you don't, you don't put a lot of pressure 
on being like the perfect hostess and making sure everybody has the right snacks. Mm -hmm. Like it's just creating a cozy, welcoming, welcoming atmosphere for people to come in and literally just hang out for hours. Mm -hmm. And it's really There's no agenda. There's no agenda. Um, And it's sort of awkward. And I often feel like I have to like do things because that's just how I was raised, I think. And like, yeah, it's the general assumption. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's nice. I like having people at my house, like, cause I live so far away from like the city from Nashville, I live like an hour South. And so I love when people actually make the trek, make the trek. Mm-hmm. And it's so nice to have people out there. So I love, I love for people to come into my home and experience it. And in that way, it's like, that's the perfect way to experience what it. Well, I feel like nines put so much effort into making that home space Mm -hmm. be correct, Mm -hmm. you know, because, um, they want, and I, and I feel like, um, your aesthetic, if you will, Mm. like the the aesthetic of a nine is making their home peaceful. Yes. I always love to go over to a nine's Mm -hmm. house because I know Mm. that it's going to be chill AF. Yes. Time being super chill. Yep. I wish I was like, a minimalist nine, but I'm not. <laughs> I wish I was a minimalist too. I like not all happy. of the things. I like all the tchotchkes, all the little knickknacks. Like I, spend I feel like most of the nines I know are a little bit of hoarders. A Just little, a little bit. Like a little a, bit. Like a baby bit. <laughs> Just like, a little bit. Like Logan, so, so Logan, my husband is a nine and I completely resonate with what you're talking about, about like making his living space this like perfect Maybe. comfortable oh, yeah. like he is such a nester and I am not like I that was at about all. to say but, nest but he he just goes around he's like always tidying things and he loves to cook and he wants to vacuum and like he's just always like he lo- like he enjoys it and mm-hmm. I I literally has never crossed my mind to enjoy any of those things yeah they're all tasks <laughs> to complete <laughs> But they're not, like, enjoyable. So so him, like, it's just so fun to watch him, like, make our living space. He's he's into, big into decorating. He's artistic. So we have a lot of art. And, like, it's just very – it's funny. I My my nine mother is not like that at all. She She's she's a nine, but she wants to – she makes that her office space. So she oh. puts all that, like – cozy and homemaking nesting into her office rather than into our house and so it's just very it's very different like it's just super different so I love it but she still has a nest though she does it's just not our home which is just really really different that's really yeah I mean I set up a home office and I made it look really cute but because I work from home but I typically like work from my bed or my couch (laughs) (laughs) So my office is really cute. It just kind of sits there, though. Nines are like, um, okay, well, this is a little whatever. It's fine. Um, My last boyfriend was a nine, and I called him Comfort Daddy Mm. because he literally literally taught me how to be comfortable. Like, I was never thinking about, like, wearing the soft thing that would make my body feel good Or like setting up my bed so that I could watch the TV without hurting my neck. Like these are things that don't even occur to me. And he's acutely aware of all those things. If you Mm. need like a nice breeze blowing on you while you sleep, well, here's a fan, you Mm -hmm. know? Oh, Mm -hmm. a fan. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think to purchase that for myself. Oh gosh, Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Comfort is of utmost priority in my life. <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, it's a thing. That's so real. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, um, what does being a nine look like in relationship for you? Whether that's um, friendships, whether that's um, romantic partners, like what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, Good, the bad, the ugly. It depends on the person, which is <laughs> – Maybe the most nine thing I could That's possibly That's a very yeah. nine thing to say. I was just thinking. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say that because I was um, – in friendships, I'm like the – I'm a good listener. Like, that's the role I typically oh, yeah. play, you know, which is great. Like, I'm totally fine to just listen. And half the time I have no idea what to say in response to – someone's problem or okay yes yeah I have a I have a question kind of about that because I've noticed this yes nines are great listeners but when it comes to like reacting or responding <laughs> I got like, nothing I have I have like my close friend who's a nine she's like great I have no idea how to respond to that but yep. great like <laughs> yeah like she she has no idea like the response part she yeah. just listens and like takes it all at face yep. value and that's it yep well, and I think it's it's okay, I'll say this. It's less taking it at face value and more like I'm going to need a couple of days to process okay. this and get back <laughs> sure. to you with an answer. But usually like in conversation, I mean that's not how things work in conversation. Right. Like if I'm sitting in front of you, like obviously you're expecting a response you from me. Now. But I'm like I don't know. I literally I need to think about this. I need to like talk to myself in the car to figure this out. Like, and I can tell you in like maybe a oh, couple hours. That. Yeah. Like, I, because I, I think, I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's just partly like nines being those people who we are good listeners. We're also really good at looking like we're listening really well. Yes. <laughs> and so yes. I think sometimes it's, it's partly that, oh, I really need to figure out what I think about this because I don't often listen to my own voice. And so I need some time to think about what I would say. And then I think it's partly um, I was halfway present just now. And so I'm going to have to like go back and play this conversation again so that I can come back to you and give you a thoughtful, thoughtful response. Mm. So I don't know. I think it's probably. Do you as a nine struggle with presence? Yes. What is that? What it like? Where do you go when you're not present? What what happens in your brain? Like I know fives have like their mind palace, you know, where oh. they just like <laughs> descend yeah. into oh, their fives. research and thoughts. Yeah, what does that look like for you? I'm usually like, um, I'm usually either like ruminating on past relationships. Like I've found myself so often. This happened to me the other day. So. Um, I'm leading a book club in Imaginarium for kids that is also growing into a multi-generational book club that adults <laughs> want to be part of because we're doing Harry Potter. Yes. And so, right. So I'm reading Harry Potter in the bath the other day. And then I start, I started thinking about some other situation and I look down and realize I have no idea what I've been reading for the last two minutes because <laughs> I've been thinking about this other thing, which I know other people do, but I, so I think I ruminate on past relationships or like I play out arguments in my head and that's what I end up oh, doing yeah. instead but I do that too I mean I generally I'm really good at distracting myself from the things that I need to do um with all sorts of things with tasks with thoughts with you know I don't know yes 
So that's one thing I've noticed about Logan, too. Also, cute story. He was like, you can talk about me as much as you want on this episode. Tender. Oh. Tender. He was like, talk about sweetheart. me the whole time. Nine we <laughs> talked about, so that's really oh, cute. He loves, yes. he loves when I talk about him on things. Well, yeah. Um, but uh, he, so he's such a, like, his little, like, mind place is actually, like, doing things. So mm-hmm. he gets really hurt when people are, like, nines are lazy. <gasps> yeah. Because mm. he is such a doer. Yeah. He's doing things all the time. Yep. Right. And so one of the things that we actually had to figure out when we started dating was I was like, hi, you're always doing things when I'm trying to talk to you. And can you, like, sit down and look at me? <laughs> like, like, have a face-to-face conversation instead of, like trying to do something while we're holding a conversation. Yes. Mm. And like, even though I would stop and be like, hey, Logan, what did I just say? And he'd repeat it all back to me word for word. Sure. I didn't feel like I was being listened to. Yeah. So I was like, hi, I need you to like sit down and make face to face, like nodding and eye contact. Like, (laughs) yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. (laughs) Yep. Distraction with other tasks is. Yes. Most certainly. A thing like yesterday, I decided to paint my bedroom, which I've lived in this house for a year. And ever since I moved in, I've hated the color of my bedroom and I'm just getting to it. It's fine. But I did it. I decided at one o'clock, like definitively yesterday afternoon, that I, that's what I was going to do with my day. And I didn't actually <laughs> check out at Lowe's with the paint until four o'clock. Because I decided that I needed to also go to Hobby Lobby and TJ Maxx and, like, go to all these other places. Like, just go get the fucking paint and go home. Like, I couldn't just do the one thing. That is adorable. So it took me three hours to just get going, but it's fine. I got there. Okay. I have a a question for you that's kind of similar to that. So obviously you started this, like, company slash organization slash imaginarium thing. And, like, that's a big thing for a nine to do, to create mm. something. Mm-hmm. And so, not like, nines are so creative, but they have a hard time, like, keeping up that momentum. Yep. Yeah. And so, I guess I'm curious, like, how has that been for you, like, the strengths and challenges of being a nine in that? And then also, how has integrating to three helped you in that yep. process? Um, so, yeah, you can kind of take that where you will. Yeah, I think <laughs> – so, I've I've started my own things before. So, like – Years ago, I started my own um, stationary business, like on Etsy, and it just sort of exploded out of nowhere. Like, it just sort of happened to me almost. Like, I started it because I really (laughs) loved doing it, but I didn't, like, put a lot of effort into what it actually became. I just happened to put out the right thing, and everybody loved it, which is great. Um, And so, like, necessity kind of kept me go, like, kept my momentum going in that because I had to fulfill orders and blah, blah, blah. Like, I had expectations external expectations on me to do my work, which was really helpful. So in that scenario, that was the situation. Um, And I think in other, in other areas, like with starting Imaginarium, A, I was, I was super excited to do Imaginarium and was fully on board and was so excited to start this with Melissa, but I was starting it with Melissa. Mm. Like it wasn't just my project and she was hyper motivated toward, like she's an eight. Um, and so she was like, let's go. And like, I'm like riding on her coattails, like, let's go. (laughs) Like I'm along for the ride and like helping her do everything I possibly can. Um, and I think my, I think when I start these things, that's like, I'm really in a space of integration in those moments. Like, yes, let's do this. I can do this. 
that wears off like in moments um, and I can get it back, but it's, it's just the thing I always know. Like one of my favorite things that Suzanne Stabile says about nines is that they start off slow and then they taper off from there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love when she tells that. It's yes. my favorite God. thing. And it's so true. Like it hurts me. It hurts. It hurts a lot. It's not always, it doesn't have to be true. And right. I know that. And it, so when I find myself like in moments of, um, uh, like motivation to do something, I know that I have to jump. I have to drop everything else I'm doing and go for it in that moment because if I don't, I'm going to lose it and then I'll never start. So um, I just have to jump in in those moments when I feel the energy toward whatever it is that I need to do. Um, but uh, yeah, that integration into a three is... I mean, that's what makes nines successful. I think. I mean, that's the sweet spot. That's the sweet spot. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I can totally, I can totally tell when a nine has integrated. Yep. Because they just, um, one. I met this guy a couple of months ago, and and he he definitely presented as a nine. Like I got the energy from the minute that he walked into the room, the very like (laughs) chill, stabilizing energy. But he, um he was in charge of the situation and yeah. he was it was it's performative in like um this is the thing that needs to be done it yeah. comes from it, it it seems like it comes from a very authentic place mm-hmm. like you know what i have worked hard for this agency and this motivation yes and so i am going to i'm going to mm. make this happen yep and it's really cool to watch yeah um what what facilitates integration for you like what um, what do you, what do you do to send yourself in that direction? Oh boy. <laughs> um, what do I do to send myself in that direction? I mean, or like, when have you noticed integration happening for you and what were the circumstances behind that? Yeah. So I think, again, I think external expectations on me are key to me. Okay. Like it's hard for me to find that within myself. But when I'm reminded that not only do I have a responsibility, but a capacity to do whatever it is that I need to be doing in that moment, or, you know, I need to make this shift or I need to start this project or whatever. It's helpful to have those external reminders and expectations to say like, Hey, get up and go do this thing. Like you can do that. Like this is yours to do. Get up and go do this. And so kids are waiting at the book club. Right. (laughs) Literally you have to get up and go. Um, so, and that seems like a weird answer, I guess, because it seems like it should be internal. I feel like the answer should be something internal, like in me, but you can't like, you were motivated because you cared about those people or that thing that needed to happen. Yeah. And like, Mm -hmm. And I do have, like, I do have instances of recognizing in myself, like, this is something I genuinely care about and am gifted enough to do. And I can't keep saying, oh, somebody else is better at this than me. And they'll do, like, I know I'm at least aware enough of the world around me and of myself to say, no, like, this is your thing to do. And you have to get off your ass and go do it. Um but often it takes some external push. <laughs> so <laughs> that's real. Yeah. So um, one of the things that I know 
nines do or like have the capacity to do is this thing called right action, which I'm sure you've you've heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's basically like where nines feel compelled by like what they are sure is right and are willing to like act accordingly. So I'm curious about like have there been any like lying in the sand kind of moments <laughs> in your life oh, where Lord. you're like where you're waving like, you know, my arms in the air. <laughs> I absolutely have to do what I know is right in this situation. Mm. Yes. So good. There have been those moments. Um <laughs> so uh I think the first I think the biggest they sort of happened at the same time. So maybe it was all just one big fat moment. A season of, of right action. A season of right action oh, happened yeah, to me last yeah. year. So um, one of those things was, um, so I was married up until last year. And I was married to someone I had no business being married to. Like he's he's a fine human being. I just, it made no sense. Um, and I was with this person for 10 years and married to him for six. Oh my God. Yeah. And it took me six years to literally say to myself, like give myself permission to say like, hey, if if this thing is not life-giving, like you don't actually have to be in it. Like you can actually just not yeah. be in this marriage that makes you really like flustered and frustrated and sad. Like you don't have to be there. And so I find, so that was a moment like, um, like we were saying earlier, it's, it's, um, there's always this fear of if I, if I initiate conflict or if I engage in some sort of conflict, it's just going to cause more conflict and more tension because like, right. The fallout of that moment, um, is going to be just horrible and it's easier to just keep things the way they are and keep, but I got into a point after six years of saying like, yeah. that's not good enough anymore. Like I can't, but it took me literally six years. And I finally just said, I can't do this anymore. Like, I I can't. Like, I don't want to be in this. I just don't. And mm-hmm. um, I have all kinds of reasons why. But at the end of the day, like, this is not a thing that makes me happy or, get, or like, is life-giving to me. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And when I told my therapist that I had, you know, told my ex-husband this and that, we were, we had filed and blah, blah, blah. She said, I'm so glad that you decided to stop shrinking down to size. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. And, and I didn't, I don't think I realized that that's completely what had been happening to me, but certainly like with that, everything after that moment, saying it out loud is the hardest thing. And everything after that as like tense and like, conflicty as that whole thing was (laughs) that whole process it blows it blows but it was it felt you got emotionally buff oh my gosh so buff (laughs) like the buffest of buff and I, I felt like so free and so good like I finally had this huge like I'd been carrying this huge huge weight that I didn't even realize I was carrying so that was a huge moment of right action. And it was on behalf of myself, which was even bigger. Like I think nines, yes. nines are totally fine to take right action on behalf of other people because Absolutely. gosh, we care about other people more than we do ourselves. But to take it on for myself was really hard. And for the like response to be like, you're a selfish bitch for doing this. Like that was hard to hear because part of me was like, gosh, maybe, maybe I, I am. am. Like, yeah. 
You know, yeah. maybe it is selfish to care for my own happiness and make this really tough decision and hurt someone's feelings in order for myself to be happy. You know, like, right. I wrestle with that yeah. whole thing. But anyway. You remembered you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Nines are all about self-forgetting, right? So oh. you remembered yourself. Constantly. Yeah. And it was, and I think it was also the first time I saw myself maybe, like, and knew myself mm. in a way that I'd never known myself before. Mm. And, um, in that, in that same kind of period of time, I also, um, left my job at the church, which was a huge dramatic ordeal. And it was, I mean, it, it was all mixed in with all kinds of drama and conflict. And I was part, I was seen in some, um, through some lenses as part of the problem, um, like I was causing things to fall apart because I was leaving. Um, and so that was, that sucked. Like that was the hardest thing because the people who felt that way were people I deeply cared about mm -hmm. and I knew deeply They're cared about me too. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was super hard to stand up and say like, no, this is, I have to do this and I'm sorry that you can't see why. And I wish you could, but and I, I have won't to be go. Able to make you see it, and I can't make you see it, and so I have to be okay with that. That has to be okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it was all that all happened last spring. So that was my season of uh, oh right action. <laughs> now you get a season of recovering. Yes, from and all it's the right yeah. so good. So now I'm just like painting my house to make yeah, myself you feel are. better. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yes. Yep. What do you feel like you need from? people what what do you need from people in relationship like I know we were talking about earlier and I I love that idea of like holding space for a nine and a lot of times it seems like nines fall into relationships where they don't have that space mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and so um I don't know talk to me about what you need from people like yeah what does that look like I think I guess it would all come down to needing patience, needing for people to be patient because like when you guys were talking earlier about, um, you women were talking earlier about, um, giving space, like providing space for a nine to assert themselves. I thought, yeah, but we may not be ready to assert ourselves in that moment. <laughs> so like, Thank yeah. you, but I don't know that I can really take you up on that offer right now because I don't, like, like yes. I said earlier, like, I don't know what I want to say in this moment. Like, I need to think about this. I need to, you know. Um, and so I think it ultimately would come down to needing patience from others to know that our lack of response or our lack of engagement isn't uh, indicative of a lack of interest or a lack of thought or a lack of, you know, um, I have something to say here, you know, mm. it's just that I'm going to need some time to figure out what it is I want to say, because I think we spend so much time like suppressing our own voice and our own thoughts to keep the peace that when it comes time for us to actually voice that, it's such a jumble of things that we've put, like we've swept so much shit under the rug that as we start to lift up the rug, we're like, whoa, 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 I got to like organize <laughs> this shit. I got to <laughs> sift through this stuff. Like, I don't even know where to start. So it just takes yeah. a lot. I think sometimes it takes a lot for a nine to figure out what it is to say, what it is we have to say and to bring to a certain conversation or situation. 
Um, like I do better. Like I hate talking on the phone. And it's not because <laughs> it's not because I'm a millennial and like I don't like the phone. It's partly an adult. I hate it. But it's the pressure of needing to say something right there in that moment and give a response that yeah. that is like thoughtful and makes me sound smart and not like some stupid girl. You know what I mean? Like right, I, right, right. I want to present myself in a certain way and I can't do that on the fly. Like I would much yeah. rather you send me an email and me take a couple of days and then write you like some badass response and you're gonna be like, shit, this girl Dang. is brilliant. Because I'm like, I have that in me. I just might not have it, like, in that moment. Right. It reminds me so much, oh, my God, of my favorite movie, You've Got Mail. Oh. Um, when Kathleen oh. Kelly is That's like, my ideal relationship. Oh, my God. <laughs> only all online. Just letters through okay. email. Um, but I love how she – it reminds me so much of when she's, like, in the moment mm-hmm. when I have to say the big bad thing that's blank. Yes. There's nothing. Yes. There's yeah. just nothing. And later I come up with it. Oh, my God. Later, Always. Yeah. Like constantly. <laughs> I saw some like meme the other day that said something like, if I had a nickel for every argument I've ever won in the shower, like as I'm like having arguments in my head in the shower, I oh cannot tell you how many times I have done that in my life. Like, and I never actually have the argument out loud with the other person. Right. But I certainly have won it in my head every time. <laughs> it is all sorted. All the time. Which I used to have to do all the time in my marriage to a very, very strong eight mm. who, like, oh, yeah. I just let myself get run over all the time because I was like, I literally, yeah, like, I literally need to have, like, a manifesto written to come to this conversation because if I don't, like, I'm There's fucked. No, yeah, yeah. 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 And that's the hard thing sometimes with eights is that they they love direct, they love mm-hmm. straightforward, but if yep. you don't have... Neither of which I am. <laughs> if you don't have those things at the forefront of your mind, how are you ever going to be direct? Seen, yeah. You'll be yes. direct two uh-huh. days later mm-hmm. when you're ready to be. So do you think it's helpful to you? Um, I'm just, I'm so, I'm so interested. Um, maybe, possibly, that because my last boyfriend was a nine, mm-hmm. like... Um, I, I'm interested in how that, how that works in relationship. And I wonder just as an idea, is it helpful if somebody comes to you with like a big thing, like say, you know, I'm about to tell you that I'm queer and I just like give you that information and then be like, just percolate on that and get back to yes. Like, would that be useful? Oh my gosh. I would love that so much. (laughs) I would love that so much. Like I would feel, I, not only would I feel relieved that you're not expecting something from me that I can't give you, because right. that's the worst, right. man. Like I don't yeah. want anybody to be disappointed in me or feel like, <laughs> you know what I mean. So right. not, so it would give me, it, it would give me that relief to where there's not some like expectation that I can't meet, but there's also um, that sense of like I see you and I know that like I know that you're gonna need time with this and that's totally Respecting cool. Your yeah, yeah, yeah. Time. Which is really I sweet. feel like that goes it goes so much against like how we've structured friendships and relationships mm-hmm. in Western capitalist America. Yeah. You know, where time is money and you know, mm-hmm. that just um it seems like something that would be really challenging to be mm-hmm. a nine in those spaces mm-hmm. with your brain not working according to those expectations oh my god yeah like the worst thing for me is like a group meeting (laughs) (laughs) because I will sit in the corner completely silently 
Like I will not say a word because you're going too fast. I'm still thinking about the thing that you said 10 minutes ago. It just forget it. Like I'm just, I'm just going to hang out while you guys figure this out. Like, so yeah, it's, it's a thing. And on the flip side of kind of going back to what you were saying about, you know, having a, engaging in a hard conversation with a nine, I have a good friend, a different good friend who's a nine <laughs> who came, who came out to me about a year ago. And when she did at the time, I, you know, I'm a one and I took it personally that she didn't come out to me sooner. Oh. And, uh, and I was like, you know, you've been, you've known and you've been wrestling with this for like six months now. And I'm one of your closest friends. You didn't say anything to me about it, uh, which I shouldn't have done. I took it more personally than I should have. But she was like, I told you as soon as I could. Like as soon as I wow. like had yeah. the words and like had the like, that's when I down. told you, you know? Yeah. And, and that for me was like, oh yeah, like those things take a while and like, not yeah. to take it personally because I didn't know sooner. Mm-hmm. And, like, because because for some reason, you know, ones take a lot of things personally that they shouldn't, right? Like, if I, <laughs> if I, don't, if I don't know something I think I'm supposed to know, then I feel bad for not knowing. But mm. I have you have to relinquish the fact that, like, you can't read people's minds and be willing to, like, draw those boundaries of being, like, you tell me when you're ready, but don't expect right. me to know before then. Yeah, because like some nines will play mind games with you, right? And be like, "But you should have known because I insinuated it when I said this." And <laughs> oh Lord, yes, uh, and read it's like, my well, mind. It's like, well, I you gotta come out and very say it strongly to me. on yeah. several occasions throughout the past two years, dude. Exactly. So it's like you gotta you gotta tell me if you want me to know. I can't read your mind. Mm. So so I think like drawing those kinds of like healthy boundaries and relationship yes. to is is really valuable like don't expect other people to know unless you tell them you know yes uh, 100% yeah. it's and i have to tell myself that all the time and i think that's while i appreciate patience and people who give me space to process things i also know that i have a responsibility to other people to actually give a response, like say things to people, like (laughs) just talk, like just be a person. It's fine. Like it's really okay. Uh, Yeah. It's, that's a tough thing. And yeah. So thank you to all my friends who are very patient with me because I feel like I require way too much of friendships in that way. But Um, I have one final question. Um, Well, two, Mm -hmm. but my my last official question is, um, and I just lost it. That's great. Um, oh yes. Okay. So intuitive triad: eights, nines, and ones. Um, nine is at the center of the intuitive triad. And what I love, what I think is so cool about the story of the intuitive numbers, is that a lot of times their survival stories. And I think every number has a survival story, like a script that they've written for themselves to get through, mm-hmm. you know, to just, mm-hmm. and I think that those are stories that we have to honor um, and then write a new one, mm-hmm. right? You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so what I, but I, what, what I love about the intuitive numbers is that there is so much, um, there's so much wisdom that comes from like your body. And mm-hmm. we talked about a little bit oh, in the last man. episode. 
Um, but I think yes. that when the intuitive numbers can harness that power, uh, is a huge thing. Yes. So, okay, I'm so glad that you brought this up. The body thing is so important because I think nines, while we are in that intuitive triad, we also super, super suck at knowing our own bodies and being in our own bodies. <laughs> right. Like, I, I'm i telling you, so I don't want to, like, do TMI. Oh, there's but, no such thing. Great. <laughs> We're going to talk about sex. Oh, yes, we are. Is that fine? Okay, great. (laughs) Um, Well, I just, I'll I'll say this. So in my marriage, that was always a struggle. And I always attributed that to my upbringing, being super conservative. Mm. Purity culture. Um, Purity culture, blah, 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 which I am sure played into that. Sure. But I'm talking, it was not fun, painful to the point where I just like avoided it. Yeah. Um, like just really bad. And that was, my marriage was also like my first time. And yeah, so it was yeah. just, you know, a whole thing. And so when I got out of that marriage and then the first sexual experience I had post my marriage, I was like, oh my God, there's nothing wrong with me. Not broken. Like this yeah. works just fine. And I think that for the last six years, my body has been trying to tell me something that I had no idea how to even listen to because I don't mm. know myself well enough. Right. Um, like I can be really intuitive about other people and other people's, <laughs> I can read a room like nobody's <laughs> business, but I can't read my own fucking body. Like, what is that about? So that was a huge part of, um, of kind of my, that came out of my, season of right action was also like also getting very much in touch with like my own physical self, which was had never been a thing before. Um, partly because of purity culture, but I think partly just because of a nine's tendency to like suppress the self in general. (laughs) Um, and so, yeah, like that wisdom of your body is, I think a thing that nines have to learn. Um, but man, when you do, it's, like to become intuitive, not about other people, but also about yourself is you use that skill that you have. Oh my God. So empowering. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I ask every guest that comes on to share an affirmation or a mantra or like something, a recurring theme that keeps you going. Um, is there anything that you have to share? Well, it would be similar to your previous <laughs> guest, which, <sighs> but I was going to say permission. I mean, permission is what allowed me to have the life I have now, like giving myself permission to walk away from situations that are causing me to shrink. Like it's okay to actually just walk away from those things. I mean, engage it so that you can walk away. Mm-hmm. Don't just keep shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. Um, up with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, And also, like, I have in my bedroom, I have this um, huge framed print, and it just says, be present. And (laughs) just as a constant (laughs) reminder, and I think, I mean, when you are, as a nine, all nines, when you are present, you are able to bring the fullness of who you are, and the fullness of who you are is really incredible and beautiful. So be present, because when you are present, you can bring that into the world, 
and to the people around you and you have a lot to bring. So that's what I would say. Of course. It's so fun to have you here today. Hannah. Welcome. Um, (laughs) Both Hannah's. Thank you. The Hannah team. It was a great time. Thank you so much for being here. Big Mm -hmm. fan now. Okay, bye. Bye. God damn that Anna girl just feeds my soul literally every time I speak to her. If you would like to find out more about her amazing community that she runs with my other hero, Melissa Green, um, that's called Imaginarium, and you can find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash Imaginarium community. And you can also find them on Twitter at Imaginarium Life. You can also follow Anna at Anna underscore skates and as always, please follow my glorious co-host, Hannah Schaefer Evans, at Hannah Schaefer, S-C-H-A-E-F. There she is, follower, she's the shit, Millenniagram substitute teacher, literally does my job better than I do, okay? Um, let's get back into it next week, can't wait for it. Here for a little self-deprecation, then integration, that's Millenniagram. See you next week.